This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back to Outdoors with me, Lawrence Gunther. We're going to start with Miss Lily sharing some information about healing crystals for the mind, for the body, for the soul. Yeah, she's into this stuff. We're going to learn something about that. Now, I'm not endorsing their use or saying that this is all scientifically proven, but you know what? If it puts a smile on your face and if you feel better, that's all good, right? After all, they say a lot about healing has to do with a good, positive mental outlook. Our special guest today is Brett Kissel. He's a Canadian country music superstar. This guy's got five albums out there, 22 Canadian country music awards, three Junos, 15 top 10 hits, three number one hits. His song that you can hear on the radio now is called Make a Life, Not a Living. I wanted to talk to Brett about where he got his inspiration from, how he's connected to nature, family, people, friends, and his life philosophy. On the tips and tech section, I'm going to talk about some new power tools and how you can limit your need for these rechargeable batteries by using the one Ryobi tool methodology. One battery, 225 different tools. Now, if that's not a handy person's dream, 225 tools, I can't imagine. But, you know, you only need one battery or two if you want to use two tools at once. So let's go find Miss Lily. Come on, Lewis. Getting schooled with Miss Lily. Lily, happy new year. Yay, 2022. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Lots of twos. How many twos? It's like three twos. Three twos. Isn't really like my birthday. February 2nd. Exactly two in the morning. Hey, what do you got for us today? Oh, this is... This, I hear clicking. This is going to be my favorite episode yet. Is it? Yeah, we're going to talk about crystals. Educate me. I've built myself a little collection. So the first crystal here is one of the bread and butter of crystal culture. It's mm-hmm. the amethyst. Amethyst. Here, here, I'll hand it to you. Okay. This one's very shiny and smooth. Yeah, it's a tumble. So oh, so it's been it's been smoothened mechanically. Yeah, it's been in a little rock tumbler with grit and water and yeah. Okay, what color is it? All amethysts are like purple or a very purplish shade of pink. That's how they're instantly recognizable. It's a natural tranquilizer, so it relieves stress and strain, soothes irritability, balances mood swings, dispels anger, rage, fear, and anxiety, and it alleviates sadness and grief. Oh, man, I'm keeping this one. And it dissolves negativity. (laughs) Yeah. Amethyst activates spiritual awareness, opens intuition, and enhances psychic abilities. I knew you were going to say that. You did, did you? Yeah. Because you're holding the amethyst. (laughs) I'm handing it back. It's scaring me. The second one here is the carnelian. I'm not a carnelian, but a carnelian. This one's smooth as well, more like a a river stone. A temple, yeah. Yeah. Um, It's bright red slash orange. Uh, It symbolizes bold energy, warmth, and a joy that lingers as much as it empowers and stimulates. One you take to work with you. It's known for being a stone of courage, endurance, energy, leadership, and motivation. Allie actually took that with her to her driver's test. That's Lily's oldest sister. Yep, and she passed, so... There you go. <laughs> That's the, all thanks to this crystal. Thanks to that crystal. <laughs> I hope she still has it with her. Next here is the rose quartz. Is that something you find in jewelry? Any crystal can be made into jewelry. So yeah, rose quartz bracelets are very popular. Okay. Amethyst is the bread. This is the butter of crystal culture because it's the two most popular stones. Rose quartz is known as a healing crystal and it's the stone of unconditional love. 
It's believed by some to emit strong vibrations of love, which are thought to support emotional and relationship healing and inspire compassion. And what about physical ailments? It's a healing stone for your psyche. Okay. The next stone is tiger's eye, or tiger. some would call it the eye of the tiger. That's a small one, eh? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a small one. I like small ones, so I can keep them in my pocket. Yeah. Uh, it's a stone of protection. Tiger's eye may also bring good luck to the wearer. It's often made into jewelry and necklaces. And it has the power to focus the mind, promoting mental clarity, assisting us to resolve problems objectively and unclouded by emotion. Particularly useful for healing psychosomatic illnesses, dispelling fear and anxiety. I'm guessing it's yellow? Like a brown, shiny, iridescent with yellow stripes on it. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. It, this, so this is the one you want to take to work, I'd say. Then the next one is citrine. Citrine? So this one's yellow? Oh, yeah. It's yellow. It's associated with positivity and optimism, mm -hmm. which is not surprising given its cheerful color. It's often used to assist in manifesting financial abundance and opportunities. So it's known as a moneymaker. It can also be used to awaken the solar plexus chakra, helping to cultivate confidence and personal power. Solar plexus chakra. Yeah. What the heck does that mean? Don't ask the question. I've never heard of the solar plexus chakra. I'm new. I'm, I'm, I'm learning though. The next one here is one of my favorite crystals ever. It's the tree agate. Here, I'll oh, give this to you. Green? Uh, it's white with green and brown and yellow little dots in it. Sounds very natural looking. Some of them are fully green though. Yeah? Yeah. In the world of crystal healing, tree agates are known as a wellspring of inner peace. This is why they're used in prayer and meditation. Meditating with a green tree agate stimulates spiritual and emotional calm. The stone is also believed to create a deeper and stronger connection to nature, and it regulates water in the body. Now, is this the one you would put in a plant uh, pot? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. That one and a moss agate, which I don't have right now, but you can put both of those in plant pots or near trees, and it's believed that minerals from that crystal actually help make the plant grow. Well, plants need minerals just like we do. Yeah, and they, these are chocked full of them. Huh. Okay, so the last crystal. Yeah? You, you specifically rec recommended this one. <laughs> this is a long, jagged one. Yeah. Feels like a, an icicle that's been cut off at the top and bottom, but it's very stranular and, and, and stringy yeah. and hard. And yeah, it feels like an actual crystal. Like a, a it just came off the cave A stalagmite, kind of. That's the word. Yeah, so it's that's a selenite. It's also known as a satin spar. There's huh. different forms of sel selenite. So there's one that's a very smooth, per almost perfectly clear crystal. Yeah. And there's one that's called a desert rose. And it's like a little dusty ball with that's like a brownish with little white specks. But that's a satin spar version of selenite. And it's believed by some that this crystal can remove negative energy and help you connect to higher realms. It's named after the Greek goddess of the moon, Selene. So it automatically absorbs moon powers. So you don't need to charge this crystal, but this crystal is like a battery pack for all your other ones, and it charges them for you. Think it would work on my Ryobi tools? Oh, well, actually, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that they put pieces of selenite in most actual like cell phone chargers. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So, um, so it really has some physical properties of commercial interest. Yeah, they do. Totally. There's crystals in your cell phone that makes it work. It's funny, eh? Like, uh, we always assume that if some rock or crystal has economic value in terms of benefiting the tools and things that we use it's a value and if it doesn't have that economic or practical value it's just a stone or a rock yeah. or a rock but no uh, but these things have been around for millions of years they yeah. have to know some stuff but this one's often referred to as liquid light liquid light yeah. nice hey thanks lily cool 
time for the bucket list. Brett Kissel, man, it's so great to have you on board here today with us. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. You know, you've just come out with your fifth full-length record, What Is Life? You've got, I think, 19 now Canadian Country Music Awards, three Juno Awards, 15 top 10 songs on the radio, three number one hits on the radio. It's really amazing to get that recognition, but I don't think any artist strives for that. The relationship that you can build with, with a fan, the relationship you can build with a community is an extraordinary relationship. It's not transactional. It's a true equal partnership because I know what I'm getting, but I also know what you're getting. So I just love that relationship. And if you lead with that, Lawrence, that might yeah. be one of the one of the best things to do is to lead with a, a relationship focus as opposed to something transactional. What can you do for me? No, that's not the thing. What can I do for you? That's the thing. Of course, my network of friends has grown and in the era of COVID. I mean, you moved back to Alberta from Nashville, but really what a golden opportunity with your three kids and just to get away from that and be able to focus on them in the country, on the farm in Alberta. Yeah, we, we love we love where we live and we love being surrounded by trees. Even though we, we still have our, our, our feet in Nashville, we, we still have a home there. We just knew that in this era, while there weren't a lot of shows People were still writing on Zoom. Our meetings were on Zoom. At that point, I realized they didn't need to live in Nashville mm. and write on Zoom with a songwriter who was a couple blocks away. I could be at my farm in Alberta and achieve the same thing. So the entire record and the single Make a Life Not a Living and the whole record What is Life, that's where I contemplated what life really is. Yeah. And I couldn't do that if I was in the middle of the city. I truly felt being a country kid and, and someone who grew up in the country, wanting to raise my kids in the country, the best place to do that was to come back home. And then you got this idea of starting Backwoods Backstage, the TV show. And uh, tell us how that came about. Where are you going with this? Being able to go in the outdoors with these guys, we would have done it anyways. And these are the mm. guys I love to hunt fish with. But grabbing a camera and now being able to broadcast this to a, a really wide audience because a lot of my fans, of course, are very outdoorsy, but then I've got a lot of fans from, you know, urban centers who I want the opportunity to educate them on sustainable harvest and the fun that you can have being in the outdoors, fishing and hunting. Sure. I love a big deer. I mean, behind me on the wall, I'm about to hang up a beautiful trophy buck that I've got, but it's nice. not just the antlers. Yeah. For me, I filled my freezer and this entire last year... My kids and I, we were eating deer pepperoni and sausage and steaks and tenderloins. And I love that. I love mm. being able to do that. So that's really one of the great stories of Backwoods Backstage. And we also talk about the camaraderie of being in the outdoors, whether it's camping, fishing, boating. The minute you get outside and you're a part of nature, which we capture every episode, there's something really special that happens there. So I'm very grateful that I'm able to bring the TV cameras along film an episode, but also just be very real while I'm out in the outdoors. So um, I'm very proud of the show. We're, we're in, we've made it in the top 10 on the network in our first year. Wow. So, I mean, we're, we're achieving some great success. I'm very proud of it. I love this sort of idea that you're harvesting to feed your family, wild, organic, fresh, 
food. None of it's been doctored or assembled in factories anywhere. This is food that you've, you've harvested and forged yourself. And yet you also think and believe that doing this sustainably is just as important and knowing how to do it sustainably. And talk to me a little bit about how you, how you come to those decisions on which animals to harvest. I know you've got some mentors in your life, your uncle and your grandfather that have a lot of experience in, in the outdoors. Are you looking at traditional knowledge, local knowledge, or where are you getting your guidance from? Well, what a, what a great question. There's a lot of tradition that's passed down generation to generation. So I really look to my family and a lot of the people in my, you know, my circle of friends, especially those who, who are older than me, to do the right thing always. And I truly believe, and it's it, a lot of people in, in bigger urban centers um, would probably think this to be an oxymoron, but the greatest I believe the single greatest conservationists are the hunters because we are very, very conscious about this. Often it's not really a sport to us, although we can have great fun in the outdoors. And I really turn towards my contacts and friendships that I've built at the Alberta Hunters Education Association. So to do it properly, to follow every rule, it's actually easy to do. It's not daunting at all. It's common sense. So I love more than anything bringing people like uh, my, my bass guitar player, for example, and my band leader. We brought him out fishing. We brought him out hunting just so that he could come and see what we do because he never balked at, um, at what I do or how I do it, but he wanted to learn. Yeah. So it was amazing getting an opportunity to bring him out and show this is how we do it. Here we go. I shoot a deer. We gut the deer, we skin the deer, we take it to the butcher, and in a couple of days, I've got a freezer full of meat. I know all hunters fish, not all fishers <laughs> hunt. You know, most people who hunt fish when the seasons are all closed for hunting, but is that your case? Oh, it's, it's, it's really tough. I, it's so equal to me because fishing is something I've been able to do with my kids. It's something that I was able to do as a kid. And I love to ice fish. If I'm out there, you know, we find a great lake and we're able to, you know, pull a bunch of perch out of the ice. There's nothing better than perch fishing to me. Oh, yeah. But then we've had some great, great times where we've got some awesome walleye in the summer and all that action is amazing. But then if you want to talk about action, I mean, hunting waterfowl and you're sitting with your buddies, it's four in the morning. You just set up a thousand decoys and sun's starting to come up at, you know, five 30 and, and, you know, your first dozen Canada geese just fly over your blind and pow, 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 and they all fall out of the sky. And it's, <laughs> it's like, it's so yeah. exhilarating. Yeah. And then you can spend, you know, uh, days and days and days in the bush or in a, in, a, in a deer blind. And then you finally see that deer that you're after that you've seen on the trail cam. So, you know, it's going to be an amazing trophy buck, but you also know that it's a big body deer and, you have to pull the trigger because you're getting low on supplies. So you finally shoot that deer and you celebrate and you have a couple drinks after, you know, with all your buddies, yeah. it's 10 PM and you're looking at pictures and you can't believe you got this amazing animal. I mean, yeah. I, I literally can't tell you Lawrence, if I like fishing better or hunting better. But I like the idea that it's not just gathering food for the family. It's not just a job. It's, it's a celebration of life. It's a, it's a social experience. It's a way to pass on the torch to your children and, and the way your grandparents and uncle are passing this on to you. 
you know, it, it all goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does that, you know, building that sense of, of you know, family pride, building a wonderful community, which are all the hunters and the fishers in the area. And then yes, passing the torch. I mean, it's a very, very special, almost a spiritual experience, getting a chance to sit on the ice on two five-gallon pails, sitting across from my grandpa. Each of us, we've got a, you know, a, a line in our hand, and we're just shaking that line ever so softly. And then each of us are pulling perch out of the out of the ice. Yeah. And you go for a big fish fry together, you know, with Nima's recipe that she got from her mom. And her mom, my great grandmother, was born in 1909, and and this was passed from her mom, which is from the 1800s. Like, yeah, in this generation, Lawrence, and you 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 know this, everybody does, but I don't know truly how aware we all are that passing down traditions is a true rite of passage. And I get that in this big way in the outdoors. And I'm just so grateful that now I'm 31. I've got three kids. I'm able to do the exact same thing with my little kids. And I sure hope that when they have kids, you know, 30 years down the road, that they're able to do the exact same thing and talk about grandpa Brett, the same way I talk about my grandpa bear. You know, I just love this. I'm, I'm sure you can tell my passion, you know, <laughs> it's there for sure. But you know, it's in your songs too. Like make a life, uh, not a living it's really a celebration of exactly what you're talking about, right? These moments in life uh, of connecting with nature, of being aware of nature through your ears, through your smells, through the, what you see, through your experience, through the people around you. It's really a multi-sensory thing. And, and is that how, uh, does that play a big part in how you create your music as well? Well, it certainly has recently. I, um, I got away from this um, and this lifestyle as I was really starting my career and I truly believe that, you know, the, uh, the budding career of a country music singer is an entrepreneurial journey. It's just, I'm a creative entrepreneur. So I would sing and I would write about it and I would draw on the experiences of the olden days or, mm. uh, uh, you know, of, of previous generations. So when I call even my own personal olden days, like when I was a kid, yeah. so I would always be able to draw on authentic experiences, but I hadn't lived them in a while. So it was very interesting that the more I sang about the farm where I grew up, the more I sang about being in the outdoors, the further away I got from it. Wow. So I felt hypocritical um, just personally. And I can, you know, yeah. disclose that to you and, yeah. and everything, because now I've been able to truly reconnect and with all the sensory experiences that you just described. So it's been an amazing homecoming and a very spiritual experience for me and my family. So I'm just grateful that, you know, the universe blessed me with that opportunity to say, all right, if you're not going to be out on the road, how are you going to spend your time? And I've spent my time in a deer blind, spent my time ripping around the back roads in my truck. I've spent a lot of time on a boat. So yeah, I'm really excited. Brett, is there anything you want to leave as a, a message as we wrap up here uh, in terms of passing on some of the values or lessons you've learned in, in your very young life, but you've accomplished so much, my friend, so much. It's incredible. Well, Lawrence, I really appreciate it. I think if anybody wants to follow along in the journey, we're very open on social media, our family, my wife and I. So if you follow me, which is at Brett Kessel, or you follow our outdoor television show, which is called Backwoods Backstage, you're going to see the adventure and, and, and it's open to everybody. If you want to know more about the outdoors, just ask us. You want to experience something with us, just ask us. I'm totally open 
for any adventure at any time. Outdoor tips and tech. Six degrees on your left, 122 meters. I've been using cordless tools for 15 years now, and I've gone through quite a few of them, starting with, you know, the cheap old Black & Decker. I've watched their power go up from 12 volts to 16 to 18, and now even 20 volts. Those 20-volt hand tools can twist your wrist off if you're not careful. Sometimes you need to hold on with two hands. I think the way to go is this new Ryobi system. Ryobi is a tool manufacturer that makes 225 different tools that all work on the same battery. That means every time you buy a new tool, you can buy it without a new battery. You're saving some money there. You're cutting down the amount of environmental destruction by the creation of these batteries because they're all using rare earth metals now. And you're just making it more convenient because you don't have to search around for those different battery chargers to charge up different batteries that come from different tools. The other thing about these tools is they're all fairly accessible. They say they're lithium ion batteries are much better than the NICAD batteries in that they provide four times more charges in total than the NICAD batteries. Now, you can recharge a battery so many times before it just won't take a charge. A four times increase, that's pretty incredible. I just picked up one of their drill slash driver combo kits. So you get a drill, you get a driver, and it comes in a bag, and you get a couple batteries and a charger. It's on sale for $128. You know, these aren't the kind of tools that you would uh, take onto the job site as a professional contractor working with tools day in, day out, five days a week. But for the weekend warrior, they're perfectly fine. I've got the uh, charger stand right here in front of me, and I've got two batteries, 1.5 amp batteries. One is fully charged, and the other one has yet to be charged. I'm going to show you how I know when these batteries are charged or not charged. I'm using the Microsoft app on my iPhone here. It's the Seeing AI app. Camera, Seeing AI. Double tap. Seeing AI. So I've got it set to detect light. So I'm going to take one of these batteries and we're going to figure out which one is charged and which one needs charging. I'm going to put it onto the charger. It just drops straight on with the post, clips into place. You can feel where the light is. It's got a little soft couple holes there. Now when the red light is flashing, it needs to charge. When the green light is solid, it finishes charging. Solid light. So this one's charged. Take that one off, drop the other battery in, line up the camera, and I'm holding it about two centimeters from the light on the charger. Yeah, that one needs to charge still. Now what's the difference between a driver and a drill? Having to change between a drill bit and a screwdriver for every operation can really be time consuming. And I did that for years, you know, where you drill a hole and then you pop the drill bit out and you put in a driver and you drive in a couple screws and then you drill a couple more holes. Having two tools now that can do this is nice. So this is a driver. I put a battery in it. It goes reverse and forward. Then it has that variable speed. The nice thing about a driver is when it starts to drive that screw into the wood, 
And, and that screw gets really hard to turn. Instead of just like a drill where just, you know, starts going, bum, 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 bum. and what that pounding noise is, it's like a hammering. So it turns it and it turns it with little jerks as it's driving that screw in. It makes the driving of the screw much easier on your arm, much easier on the tool. You'll get the job done a lot faster and you'll save a lot of wrist energy and strength in your arm for doing it. That's why you want a driver for putting in those three and a half inch deck screws. A drill can do all that. I'm gonna pull this pack out and I'm gonna put it into the drill. There you go, drill. and it's got the reverse as well. It's also on the top of the drill, you've got two speed positions. So if you wanna use it for drilling holes into metal or wood, you wanna go really fast and you can just feel the chuck spinning and then you flick it to the slow position. Or you can use it as a driver as well. So if you just wanna get the one tool, get the drill, because you can both drill and drive with it. It's got a clutch here on the front. It says it's good for 28 positions. You turn it, it's just below the chuck where you attach your drill bits or driver bits. So when it's wide open and you, I'm holding the chuck now, so this means when you're driving in a screw, you don't drive it right through your wood. It'll stop the head of the screw, counter sinks into the material and stops at just the right moment. It takes a little practice to set up, but once you set it up for one screw, when you start working on the same material like drywall, it'll stop at the perfect point every time. Otherwise you'll go right through that drywall. A new year means a fresh start. Sure, there's lots of reasons to worry about the year ahead, but you know what? If you think about today and you focus on today and getting the most out of today, you can get through the day with a smile on your face. It means taking the time to connect with each other, doing the best you can, and taking care of yourself. You know, good food, getting enough rest, having a good mental outlook. And if that means... You know, healing crystals or a good cup of tea. Or maybe getting outside and connecting with nature and some fresh air and some sun on your face, some vitamin D. Or just staying home with a nice warm blanket, a good talking book. These are all things that make you feel better. But you have to do it all in balance and you have to make sure you're taking care of all aspects of your life. I'm not recommending joining a gym or training for a marathon or a triathlon. But if you want to do that stuff, that's even better. Like Brett Kissel says, we need to make sure that we're living a good life and not just chasing the almighty dollar. And also, let's figure out how we can apply our visualization skills to help others, you know, those people living with sight, to see what's really going on out there in nature. The largely silent world, especially the underwater world, take on this traditional role that goes back thousands of years as a knowledge keeper, as a storyteller, as a preserver of history, and as a reminder of our morals and our values. I want to thank Nazreen Abdel-Majid, Sam Robinson, and Paula Deneen. They're my technicians. The manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.
Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.